Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to the As Told by Nomads podcast, where you'll learn how nomads, third culture kids, entrepreneurs, and leaders all over the world embrace their global identity and use their difference to make a difference. And now, having lived on four different continents, here's your host, Tyo Roxas. All right, all right, all right. So we're picking up from where we left off yesterday. Uh, today, you're going to hear Usman talk about his America journey and what he's doing now. Enjoy. Uh, part two starts now. So you came to America. Um, what, what, what was the story? So you, you first. You know, in America, uh, in America. I was familiar with a lot of things because I've read so many, many books. I was in love so much with America that I wanted to know. You know, even you know, the way I was dressing with jeans and lickets and, 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 and at this moment I'm speaking to you, I have some, uh, we, we call them sabago, some tennis shoes, uh, Dexter, you know. Right. I, was, I, I was leaving America in my head even though I was not yet in America physically. Uh-huh. That's that much I love America. So I've educated myself about the geography, about the history, the culture, the culinary, the, that you can come to America from scratch, you can build yourself. So I, I came with that type of mentality. So this was a dream, just a dream. I had a dream, a very powerful dream, and I protected that dream. That's why I never gave up looking for America. And I never let the naysayers kill my dream. So when I get to the U.S., I arrived in New York. And uh, I, was, I was very happy. I was very thankful. I was, uh, that was a very happy day for me. And um, I don't know nobody. I have $200 in my pocket. But there was a guy I met who gave me a number for 
this gentleman who lives in Senegal, and I called, and he didn't answer, so I left a message, because he lives in Los Angeles, and the much I knew about America was really Hollywood, and because of those movies and the stars and stuff, so I always say to myself, whenever I made it to America, I am going to Hollywood. And I came and I called that guy. He didn't answer at the airport, Kennedy Airport. So I'm just out there sitting, and there was this cab driver. I came to him. I said, how are you, sir? I say, how are you? I said, uh, my name is Usman. I just came to America today. I am from Senegal. Again, lucky I was. He says, wow, I am from Senegal too. You don't know anybody here? I said, I have some relatives who live in the same village. They live here for years, but I don't have any uh, information about them. He's like, so what are you going to do? I said, I don't know. <laughs> in my mind, you see, what I've done in Mali, in Ivory Coast, in all those countries, that's the same mindset. I get there, don't know anybody, walk my way up. So I, I told him, I'm going to walk my way up. He's like, how are you going to walk your way up? I said, I don't know. I just follow my instinct. <laughs> Somebody somehow will, will lift me up, will help me. He's like, look, New York is very dangerous. There's a lot of this, there's a lot of that. But at 31, I, fear is gone out of me. Excuses, they are gone. Or doubt, those are gone. Now I'm a man focused. I'm very focused. I live with no excuses. And, uh, and I just say to myself, uh, everything will be okay. I had my faith, I have my dignity, and hope is burning. I'm in America, I made it, nothing and nobody will stop me. It's already set like that. I say, what can you do? Can you help me? I was bald. He says, okay, we live in this house, we are about 22 guys from Senegal, uh, we rented this big house, da, 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 da. I'm like, hmm, that's not what, I, what I've learned about America. You live 22. So he triggered my fear. Do you remember the compound? Yes. As soon as he said 22 people, he triggered my, my fear. I said, okay, let me follow him, but let me be very careful. So he picked me up in his uh, taxi. He brought me to the compound. That was true. There was a lot of Senegalese people living there. And... Um, I'm sitting, I'm observing, and I'm asking questions, how long you lived here? So uh, all of them, you know, whoever gave me the chance to ask, oh, I've been here for five years, or I have been here for ten years, what are you doing? Oh, I am selling stuff in Broadway, CDs and t um, uh, tapes and this and that, or bootlegs, and, you know. I say, what's that? They say, oh, you just go there, somebody will give you some merchandise, and you sell in the street. I already did that in Ivory Coast in 1988. But that was not really the reason why I came to America. Now I'm in America, I got to do something bigger and better. You know what I mean? <laughs> that, <Yeah>. was, <laughs> that was, I said, no, I cannot do that. And, you know, they were very friendly, very nice with me. And uh, they, 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 they really give me some tips how to live in New York and stay in that compound. But, boy, if I, I'm going to tell you, uh, back in the days, I used to watch TV a lot. Uh, the, uh, the 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 music clips and I would see Whitney Houston or 
or um, Tina Turner, Diana Ross. And, and that was so fascinating to me. So I was like, no, man, I gotta, I'm in America. I gotta have a girlfriend like that. I gotta do this. I, so I'm not gonna stay here. In my mind, I'm speaking to myself. No, I, I'm not gonna stay here. I wanna leave America. I wanna discover what America is all about. And one of the boys with whom I was sharing the bed, I was asking him so many questions. I said, how long have you been living here? And he says, two years. I said, so what's up with you? He's like, what do you mean? I say, what's your dream? He said, you know, I'm just here. I work, I have money, and I go for vacation for three months in Senegal, come back. I said, that's it? He says, yes. I said, no, let's go to Hollywood. No, 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 no. Hollywood, what are we going to do there? I said, that's where America is, the, 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 the success. Oh, no, 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 no. I, then that night, the guy I left him a message in L.A. called back, the number I... And they say, hey, Usman, somebody is calling you from L.A. And then I pick up the phone and we chit-chat. He didn't remember me much. He was very old, more old than me. And he says, anyway, I live in L.A. with my wife and my children. If you want, you take the Greyhound and you come. I say, do you have money? I said, I have $200 with me. He says, well, go and check the Greyhound ticket. If you don't have enough, I will send you some money. But that same night, you see, like I said, you know, they've been living in America for a while, so maybe now they have the mentality. He called uh, one of one boy from the same area we came from. He called him from Denver, Colorado, and said, hey, there is this kid. His name is Chris. He's the son of such and such. He's in America. Do you know him? He said, oh, yeah, I know him. He left home for a long time. We were students. We we the same age. We were students at the university, but he left. And he left for a long time. He lived in Libya. We heard that he's in many, many countries, Brazil, Guyana. He's just traveling like a nomad. <laughs> you know? Nomad, as told by nomads, yes. Yes. <laughs> he's just going. We hear this year he's here, that year he's there. He's been all over the world. Really? He's here? Yeah, he's in New York. Do you have a number? I know him very well. We grew up. We have the same age. We play. He was a genius of playing soccer. Oh, yeah. We all thought before that he would be a professional. He was very good at soccer. That same night, that boy from Denver called. And he says, hey, it's a search. I say, oh, man. I remember him. We, we have the same age. I say, oh, my God. He was very good at playing soccer, too. And we, you know, we chit-chat about the past. Man, we heard that. You know, 1988, when you left, he's the one who told me that. He said, that was a boom in that village. A boom, because nobody knew those type of things. They, they woke up one day, they say, Chris left the village. I say, yeah, I heard about it. Where are you? Uh, this, this guy called me and says, you want to go to Los Angeles. Why you want to go to Los Angeles? Uh, Hollywood. I say, man, I got to play my movie. I'm a movie star. You know, I got to go to Hollywood and play movies. He's like, no, boy, it doesn't work that way. I said, what do you mean? He's like, no, 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 no. Look, come to Denver and you stay with me for a little. When you come here, if you don't like it, then I'll give you money. I'll pay your ticket. You go to L.A. But come to Denver. I say, where is Denver? 
He says, you remember back in the 80s, there was a movie called Dynasty. I say, oh, yeah, Sue Ellen. Oh, yeah, I remember that movie. He says, that's where I am. So I said, maybe I will go and play my movie there too. <laughs> so I said, okay, I'm on my way to Denver. I took the Greyhound. And uh, I was very fascinated by America while traveling, crossing many cities, Chicago, Kansas. Oh, I was, tr I was thrilled. And I get to Denver the first day. For the first time, I put my hands on those high-rise buildings, and I felt in love with Denver. And uh, Denver said, welcome. <laughs> uh, now it's a new beginning. So when I came, they were doing their, their small businesses, and uh, left and right. And I helped them, but my, my dream was bigger than doing that, selling stuff in the street. No, I wanted to go finally to college. I said, look, man, you got to now educate yourself. You went to the university of the world. Now you have to go to the university of the academy. And I said, I got to find ways to go back to college, to go to college. I never had college education. And I had a job at a 7-Eleven. They were paying me $6 hours. That first month I had my job, I said, I am going to have my own place. And they're like, no, you cannot do it. I say, oh, yes. I want to live by myself. I, I am independent now. I'm in America. I'm free. Opportunities are here. It's beautiful. I have to take charge. So from that 7-Eleven, <laughs> some cab drivers used to come and buy cigarettes or coffee. And uh, I familiarized myself with them. And they say, come on, drive a taxi. I say, no, I cannot drive taxi. Why? Uh, because I've never driven a car in this country or in this city. I don't know how the city streets work. Oh, you can learn. If you look at west, it's the mountain. You look at east, it's, it's this. So <laughs> the next you know, as a no-excuse guy, I went to the taxi company. I say, I want to drive taxi. They're like, how long have you been living here? I say, less than six months. Have you ever driven a car here? No. They've asked me every question, and I say, and oh, the lady said, so how you want to drive taxi here? I say, I can learn. She says, no, it's not about learning. It's, it's, it's not easy. Tayo, I stand up and look at her eye to eye. I say, mom, I am now 32 years old. I sacrificed my whole life. I've suffered since I was born, my entire life till I made it to America. I'm just asking you to give me one person chance. I'll work my way up for the 99. I'm just asking for a little chance, please. Give me a chance. And the other lady sitting near her said, look, he seems like a good man. Uh, give him a chance. And they hired me. I went to three days of class, didn't know what I'm doing. They took block west and east, north and south. I came from a small fishing village. I don't know nothing about what you're talking about, but I'll make it. After three days, they gave me a taxi. I couldn't get myself back to my apartment. There was no cell phone back then. And I went and I said, can I call my friend? They gave me the phone. I called my friend at home. I said, look, man, come on here to take me to my house. They gave me a taxi. I've never driven a car in the U.S. style. Never. That was my first time. 
I was not used to automatic because I've learned to drive shift. That was another story, <laughs> brother. This is how it started, and I started driving taxi. Yeah. <laughs> the first seven months, getting lost left and right. But what have helped me was my attitude. I kept it real with the customers. I was always looking for the solution, and I was always willing to give them a free ride just to learn. That's all. Wait, you gave them a free ride? Just for them to teach me something. When I am lost, and they start getting mad, and I say, you not pay. You don't need to pay me. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. That, that... You, you don't need to pay me, because I, I assumed my that I was new. So I, my attitude of being positive helped me for people to say, we never seen a cab driver like you. You are so polite. You are so gentle. You are so professional. Because I start dressing nice when I start making money. I start putting suits and tie, you know, and have this small business card and call myself the Super 5 Star Cabbie of America. I didn't have a cell phone, but I put my house phone. So when they need a ride, they would call my house phone and leave a message. So I had a bunch of quarter. What I would do is every hour, I would stop at a phone call, call my house, get the message, call the customer and say, I am on my way, rock and roll. There we go. Entrepreneur already. <laughs> That's it. And I start, this is how I've developed in taxi. I think six months after I started driving taxi, the first thing I did, Tayo, was I went to Community College of Denver. I said, I want to have college education. And the lady said, did you have some this? I said, yes, I had some schooling, but I never went to college. She says, you are going to start from English as a second language from the scratch. I said, no problem. I will. And I was driving taxi nighttime, 12 hours a day, come home, sleep two, three hours, straight to school. Since I came to this country, I've never stopped going to school to this moment I'm speaking to you. And uh, I became the first, the best professional cab driver 10 years later. And today I have a, a company where I'm teaching companies besides transportation, how you can give people what they want through your attitude through you adjusting and adapting and tolerating and accepting people and appreciating, then that can lead you to other, higher dimension. I love it, man. And, and yes. that's, that's been quite the story. Um, mm. bef- before I go into your company here, I want, I want you to share some, um, some tips you learned through all your, your trips. So maybe when you were tra- every time you traveled, what was one thing you did to connect with the local people over there? <laughs> what I, what I, the first lesson I've learned when I left to Senegal was to be friendly. Because, and I, and, and saying that meaning, when I was going to Mali, I never, I don't know nobody. But in that train, there was two young ladies sitting facing me, and uh, I was so friendly to them. I was speaking, we were speaking French, 
and I was very polite with them and I was asking questions. They, they came for vacation to Senegal and they were going back and I was just telling them, they asked me, where are you going? I told them, look, I'm just looking my way out of life. I was very honest. Be honest with people. Tell people what's in your heart and you will find a Samaritan. So, because when me telling them that I am leaving Senegal because it's been hard for me, they got my back. When I get to the border, uh, the border guard from Senegal wanted to send me back. And one of the ladies said, no, you cannot send him. That's our cousin. We were in vacation with him in Senegal, so he's coming to visit us. That's how I've crossed wow. Mali. So be friendly. That's the first. Be friendly and be honest with people because you never know who's your angel. And then <laughs> uh, do unto people what you want people to do unto you. Uh, when I get to Ivory Coast, I, I, I came to this guy and I said, look, I just get here. I am coming from such and such. He says, you know what? You can stay with me for some days till you find people you know. So be kind. I've learned as a TCK to be kind. So I say, be honest, be friendly, be kind. The other thing was, be open-minded to ask questions, to learn. And you gotta, you, you, got, you, you have to take a little risk in your life. You have to take a risk. You have to face the challenge. Uh, yes, the naysayers will try to kill your dreams. They will try to stop you going. You have to free yourself from excuses. I've learned through my journey to free myself from excuses. Those are lessons I've, 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 I've learned and, yeah. keep, and keep my faith going, hmm. keep my dignity and never lost the hope because once you lose hope, you won't move anymore. Right. Okay. And, yeah. and design, you know, everywhere you go, learn something from that culture. When I went to Mali, I've learned um, how I could eat. Um, they have this food called uh, dege. I never ate dege. They put some uh, peanut butter and something. But, you know, I never said, I, I don't eat this. No, they said, come on, eat, because they were kind enough to share with me. So I came and tested. Yeah, the first time it was hard, but the second time I adjust. So you must learn how to adjust those are those are something I've I've I've, I've written in in my second book. To be a third culture kid, and to be a real one like Tayo or Usman, you must learn how to adjust on circumstances because it's going to be happen every day. You must adjust. You must learn how to adapt. You must learn how to tolerate others the way they tolerate you. You must learn how to accept other people the same way they accept you. And last but not least, you must appreciate the good moment, the bad moment, and keep going. Awesome, man. No, that's 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 amazing. And I couldn't agree with you more, especially with the adjusting and the open-mindedness. That's so true. It's definitely something that uh, I've also learned as well. 
So yes, thank yes, you for yes. confirming that. Yeah. Okay, so now you said you have you have your company right now. So I'd like you to take a chance to talk about what you do with your company and some of the books you've written. Um, yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you for giving me uh, that opportunity. Um, Absolutely. It, <laughs> you, two, you, two, you're giving us the opportunity to learn about your story. I mean, I <laughs> in, two, in 2000, you know, in 2000, I was, I was kind of learning more America, the culture, you know, through picking up people from my tax. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. See, and they were teasing me with my, uh, with my accent, but they were so appreciative. I was opening the door, welcoming them, and, and stuff like that. So in 2000, but in 2001... After the bombs, 9-11, the whole country was kind of stopped. There was a lot of fear. You can see the fear. You can see the, the, the desperate, the hopeless. And the news, they were not helping. They were bombing. Oh, so America have lost that confidence among people so everybody would check after everybody so it was just a fear after fear and i was driving my taxi saying to myself man i sacrifice everything to come to this country and three years later it looks like the dream is going the dream is slipping away because some jerk have bombed this country and it looks like the americans are losing the control of the country or they are saying oh it's over and i'm sitting in my taxi one night and i have this inspiration and i'm riding i'm riding this is how my riding started sincerely and i'm riding i'm like what can i do to tell america no the dream is here no this is just a setback it's a temporary but we'll get it back this is how i started my first book sharing what my great-grandmother told me back in my dark days. Then I share the story of how to keep it real, how to focus on solution and willing to do what it takes to get back. So that's how I started the first book. But really, I, I was just writing, didn't know how to publish, how to do things. Uh, in fact, when I wrote that book, 
Everywhere I went for publishing, they rejected me, who I was, hey, just a cab driver. Yeah, yeah. But I never stopped. I was writing, 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 writing. And, uh, and then I've written a second book. So the first book is called Stand With No Excuses, How to Pursue a Better Life and Lift Others for a Better World. And I've just translated what I've learned from my great-grandmother. I, I remember sending that book to the president, President Obama telling him, Mr. President, keep it real, focus on solution, be willing to do what it takes. Because you've been elected, you are a good man. And then I've written a second book called Serving Unfailingly. And Serving Unfailingly is because of the industry I was working, which is the taxi transportation was so fed up. People didn't care much about customer service and taking care of people and take pride of their job. I wanted to let them know, look, it's not about what you do, it's about how you do it. Then I, I, I wanted to show them, look, the title is not important. What you're doing and the way you do it, that's what's important to people. And you can treat people very well to the best of your ability, regardless if you're a taxi driver, a cook, or somebody who's cleaning the street. Take a pride of what you do. That's why I've written Serving Unfailingly. And people say, what's that? I say, it's a how to be successful by delivering to your customers what they want, not what you think they want. But that message, people didn't really understand that. And uh, I, I have been rejected a lot for that book, but I kept preaching that. And, and then I've written a third book called Soaring Beyond Cup Fairs. Yes, the fair is what I'm driving taxi for, but how can I metaphorically take the fare and serve the world? So I said, soaring, I am soaring beyond just cab fares. When the world are looking after me as a cab driver, I'm looking at myself as just a decent human being, as just a third culture kid expressing my gift around the world by driving taxi. So... I took the word fair. I said, what can you fulfill every day? What type of attitude do you have? Are you a role model? Are you a person of excellence? Are you serving people from the bottom of your heart? That's what it takes. And this is how my writing started. And I started uh, uh, creating a company called Mile High Momentum Institute and people say, Why you call it Mile High Momentum Institute? I said, Because in an institute, you can regroup a lot of experts, a lot of third culture kids, and together you can impact, you can make a difference, like you say, within your difference. <laughs> That's what my company is all about. Wow. Well, I mean, oh wait, so it's three books you've written then now? So have you written three Yes, books? I've written three books, and uh, I'm about to publish a fourth book, which by finally a, published, a wonderful published company called Motivational Press. They yes. Found, they found, my, they found my, my stuff on the internet on, through LinkedIn, and they contacted me. They said, how come nobody knows about your stuff? I said, I don't know. They said, your story your books, your speaking, people must know about it. And we are willing to work with you to publish your first book, Stand With No Excuses. And we heard that you want to write a, a fourth book. How do you call it? 
And I said, I call it Ignite. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I am so happy for you because, you know, it, obviously your life has been a series of, of you just continuing to persevere and persevere and persevere. Yes. And then you eventually achieving a success. And that was very evident with your book story, too, because you wrote three books rejected by all the publishers. And then some uh, publisher found you on LinkedIn and said, hey, you know, love your work. How about we publish this and work with you on, uh, you know, on the fourth book? Thank and you. here you are. Yes, thank you, Tayo. And uh, it's, a bit, you know, all of those, the reason why I kept going, it's because of people like yourself. Because there is, the, 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 uh, one, uh, I have been uh, sending some, uh, some writings to one lady, and she says, last night, she says on her LinkedIn post, she says, the world... Our world is missing leaders with passion. The leaders of today, they don't have passion. And I replied back to her, I said, leaders of today, the reason why they have lost their passion, it's because they come up with a lot of excuses. I cannot do this. I won't do this. I shouldn't do this. They limit themselves because of excuses. Yes, they have faith. They have the knowledge, they have the academic background, they have the PhDs, but it's not enough. As long as you don't read off your excuses, you will never become that third culture kid. Take my word. Anybody you see failing out there, it's because they have too much excuses in their mind. And they let the outside world dictating the pace. So when you reach out, to me, that that when I when I when I when I checked your stuff, I was I, 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 I saw my I saw myself when I was twenty four. Wow. Sincerely, I say wow. When I was twenty four, I was this lost kid looking my way out, learning the culture, learning that third culture kid you are trying to express around the world to help people see themselves. And, 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 and that's why I was, I'm, I'm very proud of you as well. I'm very, very proud of you. And I know you will make an impact. I do believe in my heart you will change many lives. And not just that, you will make some other people, adult as kids or younger, the youth, to look at themselves in the mirror and say, I would like to be like Tyler Roxon because <laughs> you rock. <laughs> well, um, thank you very much. I'm truly humbled that, you know, I'm, I take it one day at a time, and it. I know you said I was an inspiration, but it's hearing stories like yours and reading, uh, reading and listening to people like you to really keep me going. Um, uh, that's really why I do it. You know, it's one life at a time, right? You yes, can change. Yes, yes and, exactly, exactly. You know, <laughs> uh, in 2000, I used to put uh, some boxes of water in my trunk while driving taxi because I was, I was very. Uh, affected by the homelessness in, in, in Denver, seeing people in the street. Uh, and I was like, why nobody can, somebody can do something about this? And I was sometimes giving them bottles of water or some change or take a piece of, uh, of money, you know, a dime, a quarter or a dollar and give it to them. And I was so angered by this, lately. Lately, I've started my own uh, non-profit organization called Fleet of Love because I was in a fleet of taxi and that was not 
sincerely what I was expecting. So I said to myself, how about I create a fleet, a human fleet, where every human being can feel a sense of belonging. So I started since last year a fleet of love. Uh, and with some of my friends, they joined the movement. And together, we've so far given more than 4,000 meals to the homeless and the people with disability in the streets of Denver. Wow, that's incredible. 4,000? Yes. Yes, Every month, we put our own money together. Some some of them were taxi drivers. Others came from church and mosque and other organizations. Then we can, we together come up with a, a, a sum of money. We would cook fresh fruit every month since last November. And uh, it's been a it's been a joy. It's been a beautiful heaven. Uh, uh, and like I said, people like you who are living to make a difference because somewhere, somehow, each and every one of us in this world can bring a small piece of love to change the world. But sometimes we let the brouhaha, we let the, the outside world telling us, you can't, you won't, you will never. I've lived that for many, many years, and I say, yes, I can. Yes, I would. Yes, I will. That's what I say to myself every day. Even my lovely, beautiful wife think that I'm too stubborn. I say, no, honey, I'm not stubborn. i free. I became sober from excuses. Because excuses, it's just like alcohol is to an alcoholic. You think you can take a little and be fine. No, you will never. You must fight to rid of your excuses that in your community, in your workplace, within your family, within whatever faith you belong, you stay focused with no excuses. So right now, this Thanksgiving Day, we are very proud. We've been recognized as a 501c3, and people can check it as well, uh, www.fleetoflove.org. This Thanksgiving, the number one channel, TV, 9 News, will do a story about Fleet of Love, and the reason why we are doing it is to be able to create many Fleet of Love chapters across Colorado and then reach out to other states till we have the Fleet of Love flag in every state in America and then we take as third culture kids those flags and spread out all around the world. That's the dream, brother. Hey, congratulations on that and I'm right there with you, you know. I'll also do anything I can to support, and I'm going to put all the links and everything in the show notes to get the word out there. You know, Usman and Doy's story is not ending. <laughs> thank you, thank you. We are into it together because your story will change as well a lot of, a lot of lives. And uh, I'm very glad to be a member of uh, your movement as well. Thank you very much. Uh, we're going to wrap up here, but before, before we uh, go, I want you to say, Tell the world how you use your difference to make a difference. Thank you. Thank you for giving me this opportunity uh, to share uh, the way I use my difference to make a difference. Um, back in the days, people used to tell me when I was a child that I will never amount a thing. I will never achieve anything. Uh, I will never become anybody. And I've, I've always asked to myself, 
was you born for that? Why Usman? Why was you born? And anytime I look at the two voices, this voice telling me, you can't, you won't. And what the levels came from the broken family at the beginning, but the, the other levels came while traveling. Some people look at my accent or my skin color or whatever they label me. Then I realize that I'm not, I'm not labels, <laughs> you know. I'm not, I'm bigger than people labeling me, you this, you that. I'm just Usman. Then I felt in love with my accent. I found ways to felt in love with my skin color. I found ways to felt in love the way I look, the way I do things. Then I realized that if I want to make a difference within people, within society, within community, I have to start within me first. If you want to make a difference, you have to be different first yourself. And once I became very comfortable with all of those differences on me that other people were seeing, but to me, this is who I am. Love me, do me, think of me, believe on me, before I can share that with the world. And it, it. Come up, and it come up through driving taxi in America, one of the poorest jobs, a job where people will label you, you're a cabbie. Cabbie is for right. just... Right. Poor people, yeah. illiterate people. And millions of cab drivers in America have accepted those levels. That's why in every city you go in America, you see how cab drivers, you know, get fed up or think of themselves that, you know, low class, low self-esteem, low self-confidence. I'm not lying about this. Just to tell you, go in your, in, in, in your neighborhood and look at a cab driver. So when I get into that business, I use my difference to make a difference, letting them know that you are not cab drivers. You are distant human being. Right. You are different, yes, but you can use your different to make a difference by doing that, by contributing to your community, by doing uh, a community service, by being a distant citizen, by voting, by voicing yourself, by speaking what you believe, by uh, uh, helping somebody by giving a hand to someone by feeding the homeless by creating businesses and employee by all of those and 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 and, and that's how I've, I've 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 became this third culture kid because what the world was saying labeling me i refuse those label if you want to make a difference you you first of all have to read of the levels oh you black oh you white oh you african oh you this no uh, a third culture kid is a, a global citizen. You are a citizen of the world. Exactly. Be, be content, be thankful, have a lot of gratitude to be who you are, to express who you are, and to stand for something real, something that brings solutions, something that helps you and others to be willing to do what it takes. That's really what it is. There is no miracles. You don't need a PhD to do this. You do not need a master or a bachelor. Just be who you are, do who you are, and you will change a lot of lives, including yours. Boom. There you go. I mean, I think, <laughs> I think uh, you said it right there because everyone's 
innately and unique in, a, in their own way and they have to just tap into what makes them different and just try and use that to make an impact in any way they can that's 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 what uh, that's what this whole game is all yeah. about brother you see and the reason why I say this is this when my wife says okay even this morning I say honey all those books all those things I've created if today I die you have to keep the flame going and she says yeah I know you have that in your heart but what do you want the world to remember about you Usman you were the rider of this you were the cab driver I say I just want the world to remember one thing on me when they cross my grave and they see Usman Doi the fisherman I want the world to say he tried his best through his difference to make a difference yeah yeah no I am um I always say we, we you know we we have one life to live so it's you know it's our responsibility to make sure we live it to the fullest That's and it. I have to every day well you know apart from you know using my difference to make a difference I try to make sure at least do one thing that is making the world better in my way in from my point of view so I can if it's doing something in society around me or my family my friends at least taking that one step positive one positive step forward so Oh, you're already doing it. You are not doing it. You are doing it right now because you doing it is found ways. Look at how things work in the real world. The one person who connected me with you, he's right now in Essex, England. You yes. are in the east coast of America. I'm in the west side of America. And we've, you, grew, you, you lived in America for many years, never heard about Usman. I lived here, never heard about somebody have discovered both you and me and he lives in England in the other side of the world <laughs> exactly and he's a third culture kid as well and he says you two you should meet you should work you should talk that's how beautiful because now that link that linkage that's the foundation of the third culture kid because we are linking spirits we are linking beings we are linking knowledge we are linking culture we are linking faith base we are linking that's what we are doing through books through what you are doing through what he's doing in england through somebody else is doing and connecting the dots that's what this thing is all about bro and that movement for this coming uh till the end of this century you know when i was writing the the plan of fleet of love my wife says for how long you will do this? I said, honey, because I started writing the plan of fleet of love since 2000. It's now 2014. To be honest with you, I've written the plan for 100 years. And she says, what do you mean? You, you are not going to be here 100 years. I said, the next generation after me, they'll take fleet of love to a next dimension. Exactly. Yeah. It's the same. You 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 sparkle. That's why I'm read, I'm writing the book Ignite. Because once you ignite the good fire, nobody can stop it. Yeah. No, I love it. I love it. And <laughs> that's I, all. <laughs> that, that's all. That's all. Once you once you start a good fire, and you ignite, it's gone. It's gone. Nobody can stop it because the same thing you are doing. The foundation is very, very, very real. It's excellence, it's a good reputation, and a long-lasting prestige. That's all. You don't need 
uh, when people talk about technology, I love technology, even though I struggle to adjust very well in technology. But I tell people, technology, I look at technology just like a tool. It's a tool. It's a bridge. But what we are doing right now, you and me, that's what bring the sparkle to the tools. And it's a boom. That's all. Exactly. Love it. Yes. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Well, no, thank you. thank you. This has been an absolute pleasure. I can't wait to, to work more together and see where, you know, where we go from here. But uh, this has been um, an informative and very, 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 very insightful interview. And I can't wait for this to come out. So thank you so much once again. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Tayo. May God bless you. I hope to hear from you soon. Amen. All right. Have a good day, Usman. This has been great. You too. Take care. <laughs> All right. Bye. You've just been listening to the As Told by Nomads podcast. For more ways to use your difference to make a difference, as well as for show notes, head over to www.uidmag.com. Till next time, go out and make an impact in your world. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.